Hello, and welcome to episode 42 of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Swirly and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. This week's episode is a special Mother's Day episode where we will hear from Whirly and Danina and some of their friends and family about honoring motherhood. As always, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Here's Whirly and Danina. Hello, everyone. Hello, Danina. Hi there. It's good to be with our listeners again. This month is Mother's Day and next month is Father's Day. Mm -hmm. This month, we've asked a couple of moms to share one or two things that they learned from their mother's parenting and how they might have impacted how they have parented their children. And then we asked them to offer any advice they might give to moms as they parent today. Mm-hmm. Next month, we're going to have several answer the same question and give the same advice for fathers. And some of you are parenting alone as single moms and We know this is a hard job, but the things that are going to be shared are things that each of you have to offer your children with a partner or without. Mm -hmm. So I want to begin by briefly sharing one thing that my mom gave me, and it is that uh, she gave this to not just to me, but to me and my twin brother, Wiley. Mm -hmm. When he and I were young, probably as young as three or four, my mom would get on the floor with us on a regular basis, and she taught us from a Bible memory children's book, simple verses to memorize. And Mm -hmm. I think it was the BMA program. It's changed since then, and that book is available uh, through several resources. There's many resources for kids to be able to memorize. I remember Mm -hmm. this one was very animated. Uh, And what happened is through my mom's efforts and through these books, we learned scriptures by going through the alphabet. So A, all of us like sheep have gone astray. And then B was, but he was wounded for our transgressions. And we would we would memorize where the verse was found in just a few words from the verse. I remember C was the big one, children obey your parents. <laughs> big emphasis on that one for you. And so on. And it went all the way through the alphabet. And if you know my mom, you know that she has a great love of scriptures. Mm-hmm. And for my whole life, she always has. She's 85 now, and she and I were talking about this just a few days ago, and I was asking her if she remembered the verses, and she just could go through verse after verse after verse, Mm. remembering them. Um, But I think um, that it had a tremendous impact on me because it was during my formative years that uh, has cultivated in me a, a, a love for the scriptures, and I think also just at a young age, just the the ability to memorize and to remember scriptures that still sticks with me today. And then you and I turned around and have tried to do this uh, with Taylor and Elise. So my advice to parents is I would encourage to start, and you can do this at any age, Whatever your age your kids are, start with age-appropriate material. The younger, the better. But any age, you can do this. And there's plenty of material out there. And so I would I would say it's never too late and that your effort may form something in them that God will use for their entire life. Yeah, to think of your mom being able to quote those at 85 and just how practical God's Word is that 
those verses you would memorize then would still impact you today. And I mean, we had our kids in Awana. Yes. And that's, so that's part of the program that, you know, was used to it, even help them memorize scripture. So for parenting purposes, this mm-hmm. was part of her discipleship mm-hmm. of her kids that I then have, it's formed a big part of my life and then been able to pass on and you and I together to our kids. Mm-hmm. Good. So you're going to share a few things as well. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom's name is um, Patricia Rosenay, and my dad called her Rosebud. And this was partly due to the fact that she was always budding with another child. As Worley said, <laughs> he he was the baby of his family by seven minutes, right? Right. With Wiley, his right. twin. Um I'm on the other end is I'm the oldest of five children, and I'm 13 years apart from my youngest sister, Katie, who you're going to hear from on this podcast as well. My mom died the year I turned 50, just leaving all of us way too soon for our liking. As you can imagine, my younger siblings just um, were still having babies and, and little children when they lost their mom. And my mom's funeral was full of roses and small rosebuds because of um, her name and what my dad called her. And we all like to keep roses around us in her memory. As I thought about this, it was hard for me to choose, you know, one thing or one or two things that I learned from my mom. But I, I thought about what have I really worked to carry on into my own parenting and an overall general you know, thing that I would say that I learned from my mom um, would be to show up for my children's lives. And what I mean by this is, uh, you know, I worked not only to be physically present, but also present and fully engaged in the moment or the event or the conversation or whatever their need might be in in that um, given moment. And that's something I really learned from my mom. My mom, to the best of her ability, when I think about her, I mean, she showed up for my life and my siblings' life fully, and she enjoyed every stage of, you know, my life and my siblings' life and my and my children's mm-hmm. lives. I just don't ever remember a time that I don't feel like we were enjoyed and just delighted in. Yeah, um, and even... even once, and her sons-in-law. Yeah, once I married into the family. Daughter-in-law, yeah. Your, your mom was at my graduation from you know, graduate school. And I just thought her making that effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my mom showed up for our physical needs. I I thought about this, providing a loving home and a safe place. Um, A favorite way she cared for us physically, I think, was just the high importance that she placed on cooking and eating family dinners together, even though we had so many different schedules. She wanted us to connect as a family. And Mm -hmm. your mom um, was like that as Mm -hmm. well. And there's there was, even though sometimes we would complain or it'd be stressful, it was always just really important that we were sitting down together and connecting. My mom showed up when we needed rules and discipline in order to give us boundaries for our good and really for our protection. And like you said, she showed up physically in person for our special events. My mom showed up uh, really mentally and emotionally for us. I just think about my mom had the gift of mercy and mm-hmm. compassion, and she felt what other people mm-hmm. felt. And 
Um, she didn't just care for, you know, our good behavior for me to look good <laughs> and have good behavior. She really cared about my heart and um, my internal needs. And um, that was a real gift. She showed up for our spiritual needs alongside my dad and our church and introducing us to our hope in Christ. I mean, I have many fun memories of her volunteering at Vacation Bible School and, you know, sewing her own costume and dressing up and um, doing, you know, lots of creative things and just being there together when we were young. And then really how hard my mom worked because I grew up in a, a small community, uh, Meeker, Colorado, and she just always wanted us to see that there was so much more to the world and even so much more to the world as far as other mm-hmm. Christians out there. And she worked very hard to take us places and get us involved or exposed to other things. My mom was very relational and placed a high emphasis on us being close and connected as a family and as siblings and continued to do this, even when we all have lived in other states. And I witnessed the many ways mom showed up relationally. I just thought with God, with um, her husband, and with us as her children. And then I thought about how she worked so hard to show up for her own parents and her Mm -hmm. in-laws and extended family and her friendships. And then my mom ran a business um, and Mm -hmm. just wanted to be present and show up for her employees. And Um, she showed up for her church and community events. And, you know, the main thing I think about with my mom is just how deeply she loved my dad. Mm -hmm. Touches me because I just think she showed up for 50 years of marriage, which gave us such, as kids, such, you know, stability and security. And, And it wasn't always easy. Um, their life sometimes mm-hmm. was hard. And um, anyway, she showed up for 50 years of marriage, and I know my dad wanted much more, and we wanted more for them. And you know, Denia, I just think that's a parenting thing when you, you know, like what she would do with your dad and showing up. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't something she was teaching. It's something she was living. Yes. And, you know, you've lived that. And with me, and that's been part of your parenting of our kids. That's a big deal. And some of you out there have showed up for your marriage and have been married to a partner who didn't show up for you. And we know that that's true and that God's grace is sufficient for you and for your children. And God sees that and will care for your children and you mm-hmm. in this. And um, we've we've got to watch God do that mm-hmm. with people in our counseling practice. So, um, you know, the thing that I thought about is the fact that my mom even showed up for us after her death because we found letters and notes that she had written um, at an earlier time if she were to die. Mm-hmm. And you even used one of them at her funeral, I know. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things she did there. She just communicated how she felt about all of us and my dad. And in fact, she even, you know, kind of just exhorted and encouraged us that, I mean, we need to continue to promise that we're going to take care of each other and show up for each other Mm. and our lives in those notes. So anyway, as moms, I think it's not always easy to show up for our kids in all these ways because it requires a lot of time a lot of energy, a lot of thought, which requires us slow down enough to really think about it and to work through these things in our own lives 
because, you know, I can't really give to my kids what I don't possess. So mm-hmm. I've got to be always doing this kind of, you know, work in my life. And sometimes I remember my mom saying that there was a season that she just couldn't keep up with friends and keep up with her own personal activities because she wanted to be present in for her kids. And she had five of us and mm-hmm. we were all spread out really far mm-hmm. apart. And she she just didn't have it at that time. And she knew she would have that again one day mm-hmm. um, in that. So she made many sacrifices over the years for us. And I'm just so grateful. And I know I am who I am today um, for just how she modeled to me to be a wife and to be a mom in so many ways. And then I got your mom, who's just been a wonderful example to me as well. So if I were to think of one thing I would encourage other moms to do in their parenting that I also personally tried to do, I think it would be to teach your kids how to suffer well. And what I mean by this is to teach your children what to do when life doesn't work and um, teach, you know, teaching our children what to do when um, they're just uh, all the varying emotions that they're experiencing with just, you know, life hitting them and the hardships of life. And as a mom, I think it's really easy to go through life trying to protect our kids or prevent our kids from suffering. And even now we have adult kids. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, you know, just from our own experience, we think, oh, I, I would like to, you know, protect them from um, these circumstances or these, you know, consequences. And it's easy, I think, to become, we've talked about this in another podcast, but just a lawnmower parent where it's just, we just want to go before our kids and try to clear the way from all pain, all loss, all hardship. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes up on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. I mean, do not be surprised by suffering as though it's something strange. I just think that verse says we can't get away from suffering and it's going to be part of life, and we have to accept that. And then John 16 says, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. So we can't get around our trials and sorrow, and neither can our children. So it's very important to think about what do we do with this. And for me, I I just really wanted to be available to walk with my kids through injustice and pain and anger and broken relationships and fear and sorrow and try and equip them to know what God's word would say about that and how to, you know, how to walk through that in a way where it, they could do it in a healthy way or a more constructive way. I also want to encourage you as parents to, you know, teach your kids how to work through conflict rather than avoid or attack others. And I would sometimes say to our own children when I was trying to teach them how to work through conflict with each other or their friends or even with us sometimes in conflict, with us as their parents, I would say, this is important because you're preparing for life in your own marriage one day. Mm -hmm. And they got sick of hearing that Mm -hmm. from me, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's good. And in all these areas, I just think you've done a really good job with it. Well, thank you. I've tried. But it's anyway, so I think I just want to encourage you, um, you know, teach, teach your children what to do with the hardships of life and suffering. And then most important, I mean, teach them the power of the gospel, of the gospel message and of Christ's life-saving grace that is really the only thing that enables all of us to continue because we sin against each other and we hurt each other and we, 
you know, we fail God and we fail one another. And only the gospel gives us the power to receive forgiveness and to extend forgiveness, which is what maintains relationships. And that that has to be taught um, mm-hmm. and has to be modeled um, with our children. And uh, the end of John 16, where I, I read earlier where it says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but the end part says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And I know our kids need this hope. Your kids need this hope. And as a parent, I'm still learning and growing as a person and a parent, and I need this hope. So as we honor moms in this podcast, and you're going to hear from um, some others here. I, you know, I would just personally say thank you, Mom, for the work and the sacrifice you made to show up um, for my life. And really, thank you to my children who have been so gracious in letting me sometimes parent well and other times fail, really, at this gift of being a mom. And now really a new chapter that I'm getting to be part of in being a um, mother-in-law as well. Mm-hmm. So we hope you enjoy hearing from some of the uh, others here, and we will see you again in June with um, some fathers. Thank you. Hello, my name is Laura Rice, and I've been asked by Worley and Danina to share a few things from a mother's view on parenting. Uh, first off, my husband is Rusty, and we have three children who are 28. 26 and soon to be 23. Our 23-year-old is finishing up college this year, uh, so he's still kind of at home. But looking back on how my mother parented me, I can see some things that I appreciated and hopefully seen repeated into my own parenting style. One of these was despite um, a lot of dysfunction that was going on in our family, I never really felt like we had problems, which is strange. Um, I'm the youngest of five, and we just had some dynamics between siblings and between parents and just issues going on. But for some reason, the way my mom played it out and the way that my mom parented, I always felt like we had a great family. Um, And this may sound strange, but I always felt like there was stability. I always felt like I was nurtured. I always felt like I was loved. there was just a consistency that she brought to my life. Um, This may be hard to understand, but even though I look back now and see so much of the dysfunction and pain, and even see how some of that is playing out in my life, it has played out in my life, I still felt safe and I still felt loved at the time. Uh, She always encouraged me to be involved in church. Um, Spiritual things were always talked about. So God was always, um, I believe, at the center of our home despite what was going on. Uh, I hope I've done the same thing with my own children. As you know, there's not a perfect family out there. We all have some kind of baggage that we are bringing into our families and some kind of baggage that we're sending off with our kids, unfortunately. But I hope that they have seen us live out those problems correctly in front of them. I hope that they have seen us... um, not leave them with a lot of scarring and a lot of damage from just how we handled conflict or how we handled problems in our family. When it comes to advice to other moms out there, I have to lean on something that I don't do very well and constantly I am working 
on to improve myself. It is, um, I think that's sometimes where the best advice comes from. It comes from something that you struggle with and not something that just came easy. I mean, it'd be easy for me to say I did this right and this right and this right. But this is an area where I probably didn't do as well and I'm still working on to the day. Andy Stanley shares the four phases of uh, parenting. He first tells us that you have the discipline years, and that is where you're trying to decide who is in control, and that's from the ages of zero to five. He then tells us you move into training years, which is aged five to 12. Um, there, you're, they're, their kids are asking questions, and you're teaching them, and you're still training them. You then move into those coaching years, which is ages 12 to 18, and that's where you're on the sideline, you're cheering them on, you're there for advice, you're there to just continue to guide and direct them. And then lastly, you have the friendship years, which is the adult years, which is where I'm kind of at now, especially with two of my children. But for me, by nature, I like control. I like there to be order. Um, I gravitate towards trying to fix things. So through my kids' years, even though I think I did well in some of it, I continually reverted back to those early years of control, 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 control. Who's going to be the boss? Who's going to make decisions? Who's going to do all that? And sometimes didn't do a very good job of just consistently transitioning to the next phase. And even now with one in college, he's an adult, he's 23. I still revert back to fighting that desire to control him. And so my advice to you is, Make sure you're moving through each phase of parenting. Um, it's hard. It's hard to let go. It's hard to move into that next one and only be there for maybe advice and, and coaching and, and cheering them on. It's hard to move into the friendship years when you see them maybe making a decision that might, you know, just not may not go well and you want to just tell them no, but it, that's not your that's not your job anymore. So for me, letting go um, of control um, of my kids' lives has probably been the most difficult, but has also been probably one of the most rewarding things that I can do. And the deal is, it's more about me. God's teaching me about myself and my difficulties and my problems that I need to work on more than it is about what my child is going through. So I encourage you um, to just look at those phases and just move appropriately through them. Thank you again for this opportunity to share. Good morning. My name is John. I was asked to reflect on my mother and the impact that she's had on me over the, the last 42 years. Um, kind of hard to pack it all in in, in a few minutes, but just uh, some things that still stick with me to this day that I hold true um, just from her uh, raising a family of five, keeping a roof over her head and food on our tables, uh, but her just pure dedication and commitment to uh, following through with what she started but also keeping her family first and uh, putting her needs aside, making sure and making certain that her family's needs, her kids' needs were, were taken care of first and foremost. Uh, something that I try to continue uh, to this day uh, in honor of her is to continue to put the needs uh, of our family, of our children ahead of the needs of me. However, um, you know, keeping in mind that, uh, family unit is the most important unit and having that strong relationship between Katie and myself, but then also having that relationship uh, seen th through our children's eyes and, and what they see as just extremely important. 
I grew up in a family without uh, my father's. They were divorced early age, and uh, my mom um, had my older sister and I, and then uh, three more children, my two sisters and my brother, through another marriage. Uh, but just her will, uh, her determination uh, through this, uh, continuing to uh, pursue an education and not just pursue it, but conquering it uh, with two degrees, associates, and then two um, bachelor's degrees, uh, just speaks volumes of her uh, grit, uh, will, determination, um, and something that I I took to took with me as I tried to finish school. It took me several tries, uh, but uh, maybe it was her whispering in me uh, that I can finish what I started, and. Uh, it's just something that I'll, I'll continue to carry forward uh, and hopefully be able to, to pass down to my children and see them grow and know that uh, what they what they start, they need to finish. Um, but also, uh, you know, keeping uh, others' thoughts and, and needs, you know, ahead of theirs. But, uh, yeah, so, again, her toughness, her grit, her will, her determination, uh, all that has just really inspired me to become, uh, you know, a better parent, a father to my children and a husband to my wife. And I just hope that uh, the children can see that and then carry that through uh, their relationships as they get older. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. And I love you, Mom. Hi, my name is Katie Preston and I am Danina's youngest sister. I have three kids. My boys are 12 and nine and my daughter is five. I've been married to my husband, John, for almost 17 years. And this Mother's Day marks my fourth without my mom. She actually passed away in June of 2018. John and the kids and I were actually in California when my my mom passed and it was the worst day of my life. I never even knew that you could experience or feel that kind of pain. Danina was actually the one that had to call and tell me, which I know was beyond awful for her. I feel like in that moment, I became someone new, like a different version of myself, the kind that guttural sorrow and grief creates. It was the me without my mom instantly. I had no choice. But it's hard not to mention her passing because I also learned so much from her and her death as well. I remember that day we were supposed to go to the beach and everyone was telling me that we didn't need to go and I didn't have to go. And I just remember thinking that it wasn't fair to my kids to change the plan, even though I knew it was acceptable. But my mom also taught me to live life to the fullest and to always smell the roses. So to me, I knew that day I still needed to do that, partially for survival, partially to honor her, and partially because I literally didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I remember I stood next to the ocean and my family was waiting on me and I spoke to her and I said goodbye. And I remember thinking, I didn't know how to go on, but I turned around and I saw my kids. And because of who my mom was in life, I was able to keep going. 
That day, my mom taught me how to be brave in a way I have never known. And she taught me how to be stronger than I ever thought possible. I think that day I learned that I can survive the worst and that it's okay to be broken and still live. My mom was someone that lived and loved on purpose. I never had to wonder if I was a priority to her. She was the most selfless and giving person that I have ever known. And as soon as I got married and started daydreaming about having kids, all I wanted to be was just like her. And I told her that. She knew it. I thought she was the best. She taught me how to be a hands-on mom, someone that is self-sacrificing for your children with a selfless love that never expects anything in return. I always called her the arts and crafts Grammy because she would just sit on the floor with my kids and she would play and she would create and she would be present with them. She was so creative. Just seeing that was a great example to me on how I should be with my children. My mom taught me to be strong and that nothing is the end. She taught me that you can go through major controversy, pain, and confusion and still be okay on the other side of it. I saw her persevere, so I knew that I could too. She loved me unconditionally, and it didn't matter what I did. Her love for me never wavered, and I never felt like she was ashamed of me. I could make mistakes or even do things that were disappointing. Yet she still looked at me the same, and she still loved me the same. She taught me how to unconditionally love another person. She taught me that I can be imperfect, yet still enough. And she taught me that God loves us no matter what. I feel like on this side of heaven, my mom was probably the closest thing to what God meant when he tells us to love one another just as he loved us. She was so gentle and kind and thoughtful and loving and genuine to not just her family, but to everyone. And so I learned to love and care for other people that I don't even know because that's what she demonstrated to me. She would help anyone and I believe that's what God wants us to do. I think the world wants us to be self-serving, but my mom made sure that I knew to be self-sacrificing and to think of other people before myself. She taught me that the relationship with Christ should be above all else. And even if I don't wanna get up and go to church, I should still go. I feel like dealing with a lot of emotions and anger over her death and just like wrestling that all out with myself and with God is a whole other podcast. But I think it's important to say that there's a lot of fighting for your faith that goes on when you go through such pain. But because of her faith and because of the lessons she taught me about God and life, it helped me cling to my faith. If I wouldn't have been raised to know God and his word and to trust his promises, I definitely would not be who I am today or where I am today. It's been such a struggle since her passing, but I think there's so many of us that have experienced such like devastation that all we have at times is that mustard seed of faith and that's really okay. So I think... I would just encourage parents to teach their kids to cling to him because there will be a time that your faith walk as a parent will be what helps your children cling to their faith. I know that my mom's faith in her life is what has also sustained me after her death because it's been very difficult.
She was the brightest light in my life. She was my best friend, my confidant, and she was honestly the beacon that guided my entire family. I think that losing a mom is a heartbreak that can never be undone, but at the same time, it's your mom that teaches you how to survive the depth of such pain. So even though I don't have my mom on earth with me anymore, the way she lived her life and her love for God was such a great example to me that I can keep going. And I think through my mom's death, I have also learned that it's okay to live broken, but also to smell the roses and to enjoy your life. And I think that all my shattered pieces, I guess, in my heart, her light still seeps in and it spills out of me and I still find joy. So I think that she'd be proud of me for continuing her legacy of living and loving on purpose. Thank you again for joining us today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Orlandonina or want to reach out and contact us, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify and share this episode on social media. We hope you have a great week and a happy Mother's Day. God bless.